Welcome to the Content Minds. This podcast is presented in a 4-3 format to preserve the integrity of Zack Snyder's creative vision. Jesus. Okay. I feel like this is this we've we've we 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 had a like a one year last week, uh, and it's just immediately gone downhill since then. Uh yeah. I mean, things are wild. First, my name is Ryan Broderick. You are listening to the Content Minds. My name is Luke. You are still listening to the Content Minds. Let Let's get into it because we have a lot to cover this week. Things are basically out of control. So this is a very loaded question, Luke. How is the internet this week? Chapter one. The Tweet, and Other Horrors. I'm going to go with chaotic. I'm going to go with, like, dangerously horny. (laughs) Like, out of control. Today, so the last week of the internet has felt like... It's felt like you you have gone to a party you didn't really mean to be at. Like, you you went out, you were going to go get a drink with someone, get a quiet drink with someone, and then they were like, oh, there's a party happening. Or you, like, maybe walk past a house and someone was like, hey, come to a party. And you're like, yeah, sure, we can go in for this half hour. We'll we'll drink a uh, a red stripe that's still warm for some reason, mm. despite being in the fridge for like an hour. I don't understand why that happens. Yeah. Um. Then you go in, and and then suddenly, like it's four hours later, and everything's it's not bad necessarily. It's just nothing that's happening is making sense. None of the people are, are, are everything's wrong. I I know exactly what you mean. It's like going to a party, and you think it's going to become like a very fun, cool, big party, but it never does. But it doesn't stop being weird either. And there's like people doing whippets in the kitchen and there's like a couple that's like trying to like organize a threesome and people, there's like a juggalo there. Like it's one of those parties. And the juggalo is the only nice one. Everyone else is like not mean, but just like kind of, you get the sense they don't want you there, but then they keep saying, no, no, stay, stay. And you're like, I, 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 this is making, this is much worse than either staying or going. Yeah. It's like you go out into the backyard and there's like a bunch of wrestler, like backyard wrestler types, like, like burning shit in a bonfire or like making jankum. Yeah. It's. It's like a. It's a lot like the parties I used to go to in college. <laughs> That's yeah. what the internet feels like right now. Um, what's uh, we, we can run through. We can run through some of this stuff. Okay, so we've got we've got so, we've got uh, problematic cinnamon toast shrimp guy. Yeah. Oh god. Like that's one of the ones where I'm just like I saw that first half and I was like, right, this is going to end up being really problematic in some way. Look, and any time inevitably. Any single time a guy who's tangentially related to Hollywood as an institution goes viral, it ends up being bad. Like, we know this. Ever since that first one guy, like, who was, like, kind of attached to, like, the Ellen show or Jimmy Fallon or something, like, made up that thing about those people on that plane. Oh, yeah. Elon something. Yeah. Ever since that happened. Not even the bad Elon. No, not even the worst Elon. But ever since it happened, you can literally bet on it. It's like, oh, did a guy who's a producer in Hollywood go viral for something on Twitter? I guarantee you this is going to end bad. Yeah, it is. It we is. also have uh, – I covered a bunch of these in, in, in Garbage Day this week. So we also have the um, – we have Slack inventing email. Yeah, we have but, Slack inventing email. That's a big but one. But with a, a backdoor harassment, and I think they've now uninvented it again. Yeah, we are somehow in the third week of Substack drama, which has now ballooned out yeah. into like an like epistemological conversation about like how writing works on the internet, which is just maddening. And like each time, sometimes how each time Substack says something, it gets worse. Yeah, it gets like just dumber 
and and more confusing. And then we also have like, just, if you're a company, just don't say anything. Just don't say anything, <laughs> and just keep going. And everyone's like, "Well, I can't believe Substack hasn't said anything." It's fine. They, no one expects you to. NFTs haven't yeah. stopped. Yeah, NFTs are still going. That's yeah, that's happening somehow. There are two simultaneously Hugh, simultaneous Hugh Grant memes happening. Oh, okay. I don't understand this because I keep seeing no. different Hugh Grant stuff, and I don't get it. Right. I mean, there's there's one that about the fact that his middle name is Mungo. Yeah, his name is Who Mungo. Mungo. <laughs> and there's one about just people saying his name because it sounds funny and, and making a pun on it. Oh, I thought those were related somehow. No. Oh, okay. It's just two simultaneous, which is very, I'm in an accidental party. Yeah. It's, you know, it's like there there are two things happening that are the same. And you, like it's like you leave one conversation about something really obscure that you hate and you go to another conversation and talk about the same thing. And you're like, why both... Why either of you having this, but why also both of you? Yeah. Wait, we also have Elon Musk tweeting, I am accumulating resources to help make life multiplanetary and extend the light of consciousness to the stars. That happened yep. this week. Yeah, that feels like it should have been a month ago. I mean, to be fair, he does tweet things like that a lot. There's also like an entire discourse that's happening that I don't want to get into in my newsletter, which is like there's like an anime horse video game and like people were going to draw erotic fan art of the horses. But then cool. it came out that they shouldn't do that because the real life horses that the cartoon horses were based on may be owned by Yakuza members. That's sure. Yeah, good. Oh, and Man, there's, there's all the horse stuff on the internet is always gets bad. Yeah. And then we also have the, um, we have, we have a new bone, witch. we have a, we have a, a Minecraft YouTuber, witch that stole graveyard dirt to curse somebody. <sighs> we also have the Suez canal. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> that boat's still there. <laughs> it's like, it's like, okay. It reminds me of this idea that my friend had in college. He got really, really stoned one night and he turned to me and he said, Ryan, what if global warming increases the amount of of nitrous in the air and we're all slowly getting high on whippets <laughs> this week might be when it turned yeah what if we're all just getting goofy on nitrous because of global warming and that's what oh the, there was also the tweet okay so we you and i talked about this briefly in our discord i know what i think is the tweet but i don't know what you think is the tweet which tweet are you talking about okay i'm talking about the tweet that uh, again, an entire another news story that that's been entirely missed, but it's been part of this chaotic thing. Was uh, multiple nights of riots in Bristol, which yeah, yeah, that's been fun. Um, then there was a tweet that someone uh, posted about basically journalists being intimidated by the police. Uh, some blue tick guy who I've never heard of responded to be like, actually, the police are good, or worse that effect. Someone then responded, uh, yep, with by. Yeah, this is the this is the tweet. Tributing a picture of his the mother's funeral service. Yep, yeah. A copy of his mother's it's, funeral it's, it's, service. It's, it's, a, it's the front of a funeral pamphlet for this guy's mom. Yep. Yeah. By yeah, and and that guy that guy came all over it or said he came all over it. I'm assuming it looked I, I don't know. I didn't look hugely closely, but it didn't feel like it was actually. Yeah, so okay. So it the picture that we're both talking about looks as if a random Twitter user printed out a photograph of the pamphlet of this verified user's mom's funeral and then nutted on it and then took a photo of that and tweeted it at him. Yeah, which is... It is the most... Insane. It is the most raw, upsetting, insane thing I have seen in a very long time. Yeah, that is... It is very... It is in a bullet into the 50 worst things. <laughs> I, I have told this story many times, but... DMs didn't used to have the option of being open on Twitter. 
And then a couple of years ago, Twitter was like, by the way, now you can set it so that anyone can DM you if they if you want. They don't have to follow you anymore. And, uh, you know, yeah. I'm a reporter. I'm a journalist. I think it's useful to have open DMs. I have open DMs. So I opened my DMs and I said, hello, world. I have open DMs. You can DM me. Within about uh, 10 minutes of me doing that, uh, a man uh, DM'd me who I, I didn't know and I'd never seen the username before. And they had taken a photograph of a printed out picture of my user avatar and they had jizzed on it. And then he DM'd it to me. And that's that's the very first DM I received when Twitter <laughs> opened their DMs. So it's a cool. it's a that's, thing that people good. do. People will uh, do that to you. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was just kind of fascinating from this end because there was obviously noticed by an awful lot of uh, UK left Twitter but no one would retweet or quote tweet it, but only refer to it obliquely as the tweet. Yeah, I watched it spread from the UK leftist I follow to the American leftist I follow. And it was pretty much universal in we're not going to like share this, but we are going to like, but but also like... We're going to talk about this. Dude, Twitter leftists like love being able to lord over other users that they know discourse that other people... Like there's such like obsessives when it comes to Twitter drama. Because like that's all like... That's all this is, right? It's just like, oh, I know something about the internet that you don't know, and like that makes me superior. <laughs> and in this case, it's a guy who like did something unspeakable. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really bad. It's bad. It's really bad. Um, you know, don't do that. <laughs> Whatever kind of Twitter argument you've gotten yourself into, don't do that. I'm gonna just like pretend that it was super glue or something, and I'm just gonna move on with my life. Yeah. Although there was a guy many years ago who claimed to have nutted on a bird. Um, it's the famous nutted on a bird tweet. Yeah. It was real, and he had just gotten really high on LSD and did, in fact, nut on a bird. Yeah, this didn't feel like that. This felt like a pretty pretty targeted. It was, this felt- which I think it was why it was so unpleasant. It felt like it was hurting someone in a way that was like, yeah, just very unpleasant. <laughs> this felt like like monkey shit this felt like a thing that a gorilla would do to another gorilla this felt like <laughs> carnal and fucked up in a way that like you're not the same kind of human being after you do it you know yeah that, that sounds about right <laughs> like if there's a god like it will co- it will come up you know <laughs> you're also not the same human being having seen it yeah yeah like it's one of those things where like if i if i owned twitter if i worked at twitter like i wouldn't feel the same about where i go to work anymore no. Yeah, like everyone involved is like, oh, we're all different now because you did that. Yeah, it was like that's a thing that I uh, had, like the dark recess of mind wouldn't cons- my mind wouldn't consider, and now that's there. That's a thing that's happened, and what's worth is worse is it's happened now, and it's going to happen again. What do you mean happen again? Other people are going to do it. Well, it's been kind of a thing that people do for a while. But that specific version of Oh, the finding evidence of a deceased loved one and then jizzing on it and taking a photo and sending it to someone? Yeah, that feels like it's both new and going to stick around. Yeah, it's a very specific uh, series of events that shouldn't have happened. Um, nope. It's like fucked up. Yeah, it's fucked up monkey shit. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. We have a lot to talk about this week. Can I talk about one non-week of chaos weird thing that I found this week that I kind of need to unpack? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I found a YouTube channel called... Uh, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, but Milad Ma- Milad Merg. Have you heard of heard of this channel? I have not heard of this channel. All right, so it's a, a guy who uh, works in. Hang on, let me edit to the chat. Uh, it's a guy who works in 
uh, Subway, which is cool. Um, and his channel is him. Well, actually, no. Watch one of the videos from it. Watch, uh, uh, yeah, watch the first one. It's called Bleeding Out at Work. Yeah. Um, it's got 1.3 million views. Yeah. Miller, M- Millard Merg. Okay. Subway is low-key a dangerous job. Let me tell you why. I'll take you through this entire story and you'll understand exactly what I'm saying by the end of this. So there was this one day that I was cutting up tomatoes in the back. You know, the usual stuff. I grabbed 20 tomatoes and started to slice and slice and slice with the slicer. And I was kind of in a rush. So I was making sandwiches at the front, doing this in the back. And it was almost closing time, about an hour out. And always before closing time, we got to wash everything. So I was going through the motions and I had to wash the tomato cutter. Well, I didn't realize that the inside of the tomato cutter was very sharp and you're supposed to clean it from the outside so i took a sponge and started to wipe down the inside of the tomato cutter and i literally now you're confused this yeah. is the whole thing this is the whole channel wait so if i understand correctly this channel is gopro footage of him making sandwiches at subway while he tells stories in audio of only. things th- of things that happen at Subway. So, so this channel has six hundred forty-seven thousand subscribers. All of the all all of the videos. Yep, all of the videos are top-down footage of his hands making Subway sandwiches while he talks about his life working at Subway. Yeah. Now look how frequently these videos are uploaded. He's uploading these video. Oh my god. He's uploading <laughs> these video. He uploaded. He uploaded five videos in the last 24 hours. Yeah. And these videos are ranging. So, oh, this is also interesting. These videos are averaging around 25 seconds to 30 seconds long. Yeah. But some of them are longer. Some of them are three or four minutes. Long. Right. But this is also absolutely part of the very weird, like, TikTokification of YouTube that's happening right now. And I was actually yeah. talking to some people this morning about how I'm noticing more and more videos getting like half a million views and they're all under th- uh, a minute. Well, I mean, the thing is, is he is also on TikTok. I mean, he has two channels. One is Milad Merg, one is Milad from Subway. And the other channel is quite successful and he has three million followers there, which are, is him talking about things that happen at Subway over foot, top-down footage of, of Subway. It's kind of a perfect idea because it's like you want to see the sandwich get made. Yeah. And so you're going to sit there and you'll be like, okay, I'm going to, and like, I'm happy to spend a minute of my time watching this. I mean, I used to get, so I had like a meal plan in college and I used to get very redacted and go to Subway with my meal plan. And by the end of the semester, you have to spend like all the money on the meal plan card or it's just going to disappear into the ether. So the sandwiches I was getting at Subway were getting more and more elaborate and insane. And I would just stand there completely redacted and stare at the man at the counter making really elaborate Subway sandwiches for me to eat. And I enjoyed that. That was a fantastic afternoon. That was a great way to spend a Saturday. Yeah, it is. It is wild. It is bizarre. And I, you know, I, I had to find out more about it that he, I, cause I, I actually thought he only had the one channel because his previous channel was, was taken down, but it actually turns out it went back up and yeah. And he's basically has worked at Subway for five years. Uh, and in 43 days accumulated half half a million followers uh, and now can't get any and is now in an argument with Subway about whether or not he's allowed to do this. But the the reason why people are watching this is just, yeah, the internet's strange, man. It's going to be like one of those things with like the paint can guy who got fired from the paint company because the company... Almost definitely. Because like 
I, and you know what? Like, I get the people who are like, you should not fire these people. You should let them do their thing. You should like wrote like bring them into your marketing team. But it's like you also can't. And like this channel won't even work if it was an official Subway channel. I mean, maybe it could work, but I guarantee you most people probably like it because he's talking about like drunk customers and what happens when he cuts himself and his belief that everyone deserves a free cookie and how the Wi-Fi password works. Like it's stuff that like corporate's not going to like no matter how viral it goes. Yeah, that's true. And it's one of those things. Subway is a brand. There's there's a, there's a category of viral stuff which is most successful because it is it is effectively explaining something to lots of people who have had that experience from the other side. Like that is the, the key thing that is often viral. So working with McDonald's, working at Subway, uh, being a bus driver like there are other jobs where you rarely have like contact with them like i don't know an undertaker where you very rarely meet them and people care a lot less about that uh but those specific jobs where you're like i've seen this an awful lot i would very i'd like to see it from ever so slightly different angle is like a nailed on for potentially doing very well yeah i i sort of suspect it's like this fascination with systems like human beings are like oh my fast food is like this elaborate system and I don't know anything about it. I would love to know how that works. Like how does the chicken nugget machine work? And you know, yeah. what, what is the system like that runs Taco Bell's drive through? Like people want, like it's, it's, it's this very weird fascination with kind of the boring minutia of how like bureaucracy works which I know I have that brain sickness. I have that very specific kind of brain sickness where I'm like, I want to learn how McDonald's makes all of their regional variants for their different countries' stores. And how it comes up with them. Who? Yeah, how do they do it? I want to know. Yeah. And I also want to read reviews of all of them. I follow a guy. I followed him for many years. He goes by Traveling McDee's, and he reviews basically just like different Asian McDonald's variants. And <laughs> I find it all incredibly fascinating. Uh, another really good blog is called One Mile at a Time. And he's one of those guys who does like really, really intense reviews of credit card point systems and how they interact with airline miles and hotel rooms and stuff. And it's fascinating because yeah. it's like just really, really in-depth reviews of extremely bureaucratic systems that are incredibly boring and designed to be unnavigatable by the average person. Yeah. And these are the guys who you go on 35-hour round trips on four flights uh, in order to get out the end of it and be like, I saved $10 on that sequence and also got a thousand airline points. It's like, sure. Yeah. You spent 35 hours on a plane. It's like, I'm effectively homeless and can only eat at PF Chang's, but I'm living the life. <laughs> and it's the same way with this guy. Where it's like, I work at Subway and I make basically nine variations of the same sandwich all day long. And I'm going to strap a camera to my head and talk about how customers are mean to me. And I would love to watch every single video that you make. Cause that sounds fascinating. <laughs> Yeah, it does. All right. Uh, I think we're going to have to do this. Are we going to do this? I think we're going to have to do this. Let's do this. Chapter two. How we got here. Before we get into the actual quality of the Snyder Cut, let's talk about how we got here. Okay. So I found a timeline that seems pretty solid. And I wanted to go through it really quick at the top of our of our of our big show this week. Okay. So, this is from Fandom. It's the website that runs all those different wikis. 
Yep. May 2020, 2017. Snyder departs Justice League during post-production due to the death of his daughter. November 17, 2017. The film holds its original release date despite Joss Whedon's major overhaul after he's brought on to complete it. August 18th, 2019. Jason Momoa gives hope to Snyder Cut Holdout, saying Snyder showed it to him and it was sick. <laughs> November. Which we know it's a lie also now, right? <laughs> November 17, 2019. Ben Affleck, Gal Gadot, and even Snyder himself all take up the release the Snyder Cut hashtag. May 20, 2020. HBO Max announces it will release the Snyder Cut, now titled Zack Snyder's Justice League, in 2021. Fall 2020, Snyder shoots one major new scene, adding Jared Leto's Joker to the film in the nightmare sequence. March 18, 2021, Zack Snyder's Justice League debuts on HBO Max with strong reviews from critics and audience. And then present and future, black and white Justice League Justice is Gray edition is coming as hashtag restore the Snyderverse trends. So that's where we are right now. I think my strangest moment during all of that was uh, during a football match uh, in, I want to say, I think it was early 2020 where there was a Tottenham game. Um, and uh, I was at the Tottenham Stadium and they obviously have different levels of advertising hoardings, some of which you can't see on TV cameras, so they're much cheaper. Yeah. And one of the, on one of those cheap levels of advertising hoardings was just release the Snyder Cut around the whole thing. Which I'm pretty sure I messaged you and said, like, this is probably going to happen because, yeah, this is getting kind of out of hand. It's hard to remember, but there was like a moment, I guess, between between probably 2019 and 2020, I guess, where the release of the Snyder Cut hashtag became something kind of close to Harambe memes. Where like the edgiest, dorkiest, idiot, like toxic man children on the internet would use it as just like a punchline that they would strap onto stuff. And for a long time, that was kind of the extent of the entire subculture around it. It was like these Gamergate adjacent like vape lords on YouTube, like bitching about the quality of Funko Pops and demanding their they get their Snyder cut. <laughs> yeah. And then it wasn't anymore. And then it's very quickly, then it very, very quickly became real. And now it exists and it's four hours long. And both of both of us watched it this week. We did. Before we get to a review of it, I guess what I want and what I would love to hear your thoughts about are like, I guess going into it, like, do you think this movie should exist on an ethical level? I mean, there's, I think the problem with this is there's kind of, there's kind of three levels actually to this. One is from the personal perspective of Zack Snyder, who left a movie that he deeply cared about and a universe he deeply cared about because of a personal tragedy. The fact that he then got to come back and see his vision out is quite nice. And from a, a, a purely ethical point of view, from that perspective, I'm like, yes, that's good. I mean, I'm glad that he got to do that vision. Then there's from a should fans, should this group of fans get what they want? To which the answer is no, no they should no, not. No. And then there's a question of should any fans get what they want? And I'm there I'm a bit more circumspect on it because I think it the promise of what the Snyder verse was going to be did not really live up to what it what it before this, it was not really living up to what it could have been. But also I do think that I think that historically large entertainment companies have treated beloved 
entertainment properties incredibly badly. Yeah. I'm actually thinking of a specific example here, which is the, I'm going to say, late 2000s show Jericho, if you remember that. I do remember the whole thing with Jericho, but explain it. Yeah, talk through it. So Jericho was kind of an interesting show. Um, It wasn't great. It wasn't like a, you know, it was never going to be like a Breaking Bad or something, but it was a show about how in a small, I'm going to say Kansas, I don't know if it was actually Kansas, uh, town, there was suddenly a nuclear war and it wiped out the United States or wiped out every major city in the United States. It wiped out electricity, all of this stuff. Mm. And then the town basically had to like figure out how to live. And it had a season and it was quite like muted. There wasn't a huge amount of violence. There weren't machine guns. It wasn't, you know, zombies and stuff. It was basically a small town, small town America being like, okay, nuclear apocalypse. What happens now? Yeah. And then it got canceled at the end of the season because the ratings weren't high enough. And, uh, because of a throwaway line in the final episode about uh, the American general who in the Second World War sent back a message to the enemy commanders about they asked him to surrender and he replied with nuts. Uh, the fans of it got together and sent the channel an awful lot of nuts, of packets of nuts, and inundated them under it, at which point eventually the the uh, the, the company producing it gave up and produced an extra seven episodes which closed out the season right which you know i don't think is terrible I, that's a kind of a nice thing to you know bit of fan movement gets together they do a thing they get the ending to the show that they wanted i'm not really averse to that and i think that there's a a thing of being like oh you're entitled because you want this thing and it's like well you're allowed if you're allowed to you know if the line is like shut up and let people enjoy things you know the line is also like shut up and let people want things um, in this particular case, I do think that you know it went very far, and it started from like a really unpleasant place, and never totally left it, um, and was unnecessary, and of course, you know, a lot of harassment, a lot of the stuff like that, which I think was yeah, not pleasant. Like I do think, but but I think generally the idea of going back to something based on fan demand is not bad inherently. No, I don't either, and. The, the the whole thing actually kind of reminds me of a pretty common issue with anime. Uh, and so for people who aren't familiar with this world, what usually happens is you have a manga, a comic book, and it gets really popular. And then as it's getting really popular, it gets adapted into an anime series. But the problem is that the manga is still going. So there's no end for the anime series. And this is why you end up getting like a ton of really, really awful anime that just go nowhere and implode and f- drive fans insane. And one of the yeah. best examples of this is Full Metal Alchemist. It's probably one of the most famous anime of all time. And the original Full Metal Alchemist is pretty good. And then it kind of like fizzles and it's and it ends kind of badly because the manga was still going. And then the manga eventually ended and they redid it. They redid it as Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. I think this is actually probably the most logical way to deal with Game of Thrones, which is if it ever does end in the books, you wait and you do Game of Thrones Brotherhood or whatever, and you redo it. I can't believe he hasn't been allowed to leave the house for a full year and he still hasn't finished the books. Dude, I can't even think about it. It'll make me go completely Joker mode. Um, like, But it's this is a common trope and it's a, it's a thing. And, and I think when you're dealing with creative works that have source material, people are extremely protective and incredibly frustrated when the adapt uh, when the adaptation doesn't match the source material or honor the source material this was the problem for star wars forever because you had you know you had comic books you had video games you had uh, expanded universe novels you had so many iterative works creating huge amounts of lore and the movies just didn't give a shit about it really up until mandalorian which is beginning to slowly 
like adapt some stuff that's out there. You know, there's this. Well, they, they carved off a huge chunk of it and just said this load is now not canon. Well, what they're doing is they're slowly bringing it back in. So like the the reference to Thrawn in the most recent Mandalorian season got a lot of fans excited. But the problem is that when you do that sort of thing, and WandaVision, I think, was very, very guilty of this. When you start to dog whistle stuff that's out there that fans can find and think about, you ha- you kind of have to fulfill the responsibility that you did there. Like it's, I don't think it's that different from like Trump saying racist dog whistles in his speeches. Like if you, I'm going to say it is different because of the racism. <laughs> I would say that the fundamental psychology though is similar where it's like, if yes. you, if you are giving these little treats to these people and then you don't do it, they're going to go nuts. And I don't think that excuses the completely toxic and just like utterly like, miserable fandom that has like sprung up for instance i used the restore the snyderverse hashtag two days ago and i cannot use my twitter account right now because i have so many like snyder pilled freaks trying to get me to like help them in their cause and like i don't really care about a snyderverse but like i i'm interested i i'm now kind of in i'm i'd watch more but I think it just has ballooned out into this thing that it didn't need to be. And I think Snyder, I think Zack Snyder deserved to finish this thing that he wanted to do. And I think that the the tragic element of this can't really be taken away. But at the same time, he could have been doing way more to shut this shit down. In fact, the only thing that I've ever, I've found that he's done to combat the t- completely toxic, like MRA gamer dude culture is he recently put some distance between him and one of the more toxic YouTube channels, geeks and gamers and said like, I, you know, they don't stand for me or whatever, but he hasn't done any of that. Really. He hasn't done anything to say like, don't harass women, (laughs) which is all his fans want to do. Yeah. I think there's, there's definitely a problem with it, but it's also kind of a, it is tricky because how responsible is he for his fans? Like he made a series of decisions and the fact that he made those decisions based on, you know, following a personal uh, family tragedy, he can't then foresee that his fans will turn into this rampant mess. Uh, is he responsible for that? Probably not. Should he have taken responsibility for it? Maybe. Like, yeah, I think you're probably right that he probably should have stood up and said, can you guys stop doing this? But at the same time, if he did that, he probably wouldn't have got to finish the movie. Uh, yeah. And there's an interesting kind of like dichotomy there because I don't really think the fact that he wants to finish the movie justifies saying well it's fine if you guys are like unbearably toxic towards everyone you interact with on the internet uh, and in real life i assume <laughs> yeah i think also was getting the justice league to theaters at whatever arbitrary time that warner brothers wanted it in theaters worth completely tanking the movie and setting this down this path I mean, that's the other part of this, right? Like, this, Yeah, this is the bit I don't really understand. I don't really understand why they ever didn't just put it on hold. Like, if it was that important, like, it, and, and by all accounts, it was. It was the tentpole of their cinematic universe, which up until that point was, like, kind of all over the place. And, you know, as we have learned firsthand, not very coherent in general. Could it have – did they really need – to do that or could they could they have just slightly edited aquaman and had it come before in the timeline which it obviously could have yeah absolutely there's nothing about aquaman that needed to go after justice league i mean they went a full year they had they had two releases in 2017 
Wonder Woman and Justice League, a release in 2018, Aquaman, uh, and they didn't have a release until... Uh, oh, no, they just sound... Yeah, I mean, it feels kind of wild that he that they didn't come back. Yeah, it feels kind of wild they didn't wait for the movie to be good before they released it and just was like, it's fine, as long as it's close enough. We're going to spend more money, bring in a new director, have Henry Cavill's lip, which looks insane, yeah. and we're going to, like kind of shit all over this passion project from this man who just lost his daughter and we're in and we're in the process going to set a feral gang of men's rights activists onto the internet who are going to make our lives a living hell for the next three years like looking back on it there is nothing good achieved from pushing out the weed and cut and and i'm sort of more mad at warner brothers for not i don't know just like i don't think you can i don't think any i don't think I don't think you can say as an entertainment company anymore that you do not understand how these things work on social media. Like you cannot throw up your hands and be like, I had no idea that this would become like an insane harassment campaign. It's like everyone knows it's going to become an insane harassment campaign. It happens like this every fucking time. I just, it's, that's true. It's exhausting. Yeah. Um, So I think we should probably talk about the movie now. <laughs> I think it's time to see whether or not this movie is good. Okay, because we get it. We get in there. Before we start into our review, if you would like to stop here and you would like to go to our Patreon and you would like to listen to around eight hours of me and Luke watching DC <laughs> movies, you absolutely can. I have unlocked those episodes on our Patreon. They will be available for anybody to listen to uh, until next Monday. So you have the whole weekend to do that. You can you can binge and you can do that whole thing and go on that journey with us. Um, Patreon.com slash The Content Minds. Where we left off in our own journey was that we tried to fix the DCEU. We tried to imagine what it could be like if it was done correctly. So we have now seen the Snyder Cut. It is four fucking hours long. So long. Luke, I loved it. I also loved it. (laughs) (laughs) Chapter three. Oh no, we both liked the movie. Okay, so we this we did not exchange any notes before this. I did not know what Luke would think. I I had a blast. It didn't even feel like four hours, really. I actually just I really enjoyed it. Okay, I will disagree that it did feel like four hours. Okay, the last the last forty five minutes to an hour just like felt exhausting. Or and then there's some middle in there that I really didn't need, but I thought it was great. So I watched it in a totally different way than I was originally intending to because I I I I basically ran out of time. So what I instead I did was I started dividing it up at the chapter mark. So I watched it in like three parts. Oh, okay. So I essentially, over the course of like a day, I basically binge watched a TV show that happened to be a $400 million movie. <laughs> right. It was cost in the end. Which also looked like hot garbage, like genuinely the ugliest movie I've seen <laughs> in a very long time. I think what is, I mean, I think the first thing that's most fascinating about it is it is incredibly clear just how badly Joss Whedon fucked up. Yes. So let's start there because the differences are immediate and shocking. And I think the character that's affected the most or the two that are affected the most, in my opinion, are Cyborg and and Wonder Woman because those roles in the Snyder Cut are tremendously cool and they are nothing in the Whedon Cut. The Cyborg role particularly, like... I remember when we were talking about this and Cyborg was just there and we didn't understand why he was there or why anything happened or why he was involved. And this one like gives him a backstory. Admittedly, it also has him hack into the internet and watch uh, a CGI bull and CGI bear fight each other in representation of the stock market, 
which I think was not great. I thought that was so stupid, but it was fine. I mean, all I mean, all of the technology, but all the technology stuff was like stupid, but so much more of the movie makes sense. Like I remember you and I being completely just dumbfounded by some of the like decisions that are made. But the biggest one, the biggest difference for me was like, I fully understood why they wanted to bring Superman back. Yes. This was the thing. Basically, I, and to be fair, I think Zack Snyder probably should get some criticism for this, which is that he attempted to write a four hour long movie and then make it into two and a half hours yeah. because he knew he was not going to get with four hours. And in fact, the only way this was ever going to happen was by some weird series of events like this. But this movie, there is no cut of this movie at two and a half hours that makes sense. No, without without a doubt. It's, it is, it is as if he tried to make two of the Lord of the Rings movies into one and then not need Return of the King at the end. That's, that's sort of what he did. Yeah. And I would watch, and the thing is, like, I would watch a three, like, you can see how it would work where they defeat Steppenwolf in the tunnel, they get Aquaman, they meet up with him, they decide to bring back Superman, and the movie ends there. And that would be part yeah. one. And then part two would be all of the rest of that Snyder cut. And then part three would be Darkseid coming to Earth. That that would make the most sense. Yeah, it would. But it also, you know, it added, it added essentially a motivation for Steppenwolf, which didn't exist otherwise. Yeah, I understood like, everything. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't a great motivation, but it was because, you know, it's still Darkseid's motivation is still endless conquering. Right. Which is not the best. But Steppenwolf as a essentially a, a a cowardly middle manager it's great yeah i mean he's uh i mean in the comic books he's his uncle and he's like uh he's like a shitty yeah. failed like desperate and i think I, all of this i mean if we're going to talk about has a motivation the differences between weed and batman and snyder batman are mind-blowing to the point where yes. like i thought ben affleck batman was awesome <laughs> I would agree. I thought he was much better. I thought it, I don't think there's a single character that suffered in this movie. I think every single character was better. Partly because each character had a full two-hour movie to themselves. Exactly. I mean, that's the other thing. Uh, the, the Flash also is given... Like, the whole... It was so interesting to me that, that Whedon removed the entire device out of the movie that the Flash has to use the speed force. And it's like screwing up reality. Because it's yeah. so clear when you watch this movie that, like, oh, the nightmare alternate dimension that we keep seeing is because the Flash keeps playing with the Speed Force. Like, that's where this is headed. And you understand that, and it makes total sense that, like, there's going to be some kind of, like, multiverse alternate dimension stuff because the Flash is fucking around with time. And that scene where he's running at the end and he's like, don't worry, Dad, you'll be proud of me. I was like, I love that. I love that for the Flash. I love that I care about these characters for the first time. I, I, because I like these characters. I like DC characters. Yeah, I mean they're good. They all are sellable. They have to introduce effectively. What is it? Uh, to what well, they're effectively introducing uh, Aquaman, the Flash, and Cyborg. But Aquaman obviously is a little bit different. Yeah, it's a tough one because they're introducing three main characters and a villain and they're also setting up another villain. So there's there's a lot in the movie and this and Cyborg is essentially the main character. Uh yeah, he's close to it. I mean, it's actually it's extremely close to being a genuine ensemble movie in that you can make a case that most characters in it 
could get away with being the, the, the central character. Aquaman and Wonder Woman are a little underwritten. Maybe, yeah. But also, they're paired up way more and having way more conversation. Like, the the movie has moments where the characters are talking to each other, and that is so crazy. Because the other one doesn't have any of that. Yeah, it doesn't. And But it does have, instead, the kind of, like, very Whedon-esque banter, which I think is the fundamental problem with this movie, because there are lots of different ways to come out and do a superhero movie. So obviously you have, like, the original kind of 1980s Batman Hulk stuff, which is just, you know superheroes are men in men in funny costumes yeah then you have kind of the christopher nolan grimdark thing yeah which is what if superheroes were real and angry all the time then you have kind of the avengers style which is uh you know it's it's whedon-esque it's very whedon-esque even though he didn't actually have his fingerprints on much of it it is the you know superheroes are fun they have elements of darkness but they're ultimately uh it's their ultimate morality plays. It's effectively. it's it's the Whedon idea of like the nerdy cowboy movie. Yeah, exactly. But then the Snyder version of superheroes is essentially that they are they are myths. They are epics. They are the what we have instead of Greek gods. Although ironically, of course, there are Greek gods in this. Um, right. But it is his version of this is okay. Everything here is epic and incredible and. Uh, a fight between two elemental forces, which is you know it's a different way to take it. It's maybe it's better, maybe it's worse. You know, the Christopher Nolan Batman is still probably the best one, but it is, I think, it is a different way to take it. But then, you, if you attempt to meld that superheroes are epic myths with superheroes are just like us and make uh, slightly meta jokes, it just doesn't work. And that is the fundamental problem. Was the fundamental problem with the original Justice League, and this one makes it very clear. I think that's the thing where it's like. Within the context of a full Snyder production, the sense of humor comes out because it it like makes sense. Where he's not he's not making jokes about his own reality; he's taking that like mm. deeply seriously. But you know, the joke about Batman being rich is st- is actually almost funnier somehow with the pacing of this movie. Or the yeah. the entire introduction to the Flash is charming and like and it, and it works emotionally. There are jokes. Between Aquaman and Wonder Woman that are funny, like it, it, it isn't making fun of itself, which is the thing that like like Whedon can't do. Whedon can't make a joke that isn't going. Oh, look, I'm making a joke right now. Yeah. Where Snyder's just like, no, no, like this is funny and it and it can be funny, but we're gonna not ever laugh about the fact that there are gods and monsters, and we're gonna take this seriously because like I take this seriously and I care about this, and it is sometimes really cringe because he's doing that. But at the same time, like, I think it works. Like, I think it 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 works. It's stupid, but it works. I don't know. Yeah, it does work because I think that's it. Like, you have to, you know, you've got to commit to the version of the movie you're doing. And if you try and split it, it just does not add up. Yeah, I mean, here's here's the here's the flip side of this though, and I think we we need we now need to talk about sort of what I think is like the biggest issue with the film, which is Amber Heard's accent. Oh, well, that is a very big issue. But I was talking about how Zack Snyder can't write Superman. Chapter 4. Zack Snyder can't write Superman. I mean, I obviously have less attachment to DC superheroes than you, but it's it, Superman in this movie does effectively come across as a uh, a weapon, not a person. Which is an interesting take, but I don't think he also fills out that take. Probably. It is interesting to me 
that if you were to watch Man of Steel into what I know about the unlimited or the ultimate edition of Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice into this Snyder Cut of Justice League, what you're actually getting is a is is a reboot of Superman. It's it's almost like the or it's like a nine and a half hour origin story of Superman dying coming back to life and being like, oh, I'm a nice person now. And now I'm ready to begin like being the Superman you all know and love, which I think is a really weird choice. And the end of this movie set it up. So I was like, no, wait, that's the Superman I I want. I want to see that charming Superman. I want to see the down home loves Lois works at the Daily Planet Superman. I don't want Superman does 9-11 and all the other stuff. But now I sort of get why we got all that, which is like, that it was Zack Snyder going, yeah, I really can't write Superman, so I'm just going to do my thing as Dr. Manhattan Superman, and then hopefully someone else can like continue this story. Yeah, And that bums me out because I want good Superman stuff, but I, I, I just think he can't write Superman. Yeah, I mean, I think – I probably agree with that, but I also think that Superman is, a, is now an incredibly hard character to write. Like, I don't – there hasn't really been a good Superman. No. I mean, that's the uh, truth, yeah. And it's. I think it's because he does feel so 1950s. Like – they made Captain America work, which I, th- I was, you know, I, you would not have expected. That feels like a very hard character to, to stick the landing on, but they they kind of did by making him basically a, a fish out of water thing more than a militaristic superhero. Um, but yeah, the overpowering of Superman, the kind of yeah, you know, the Watchmen effect of having more and more movies that interrogate the idea of what ultimate power means means that it doesn't quite sit right. And yeah, I, I'd maybe I, it's entirely possible it's not possible to write a good Superman now. Um, in a way that the other, with the other super, superheroes, it still is because I think they they have more they have more texture to them. Possible, but much in the same way where I feel like at the end of uh, Rise of Skywalker, I finally got the Kylo Ren that I had wanted all along, which is like him finally becoming the Han Solo that he was destined to be kind of vibe. Sure. In the very last moments of the Superman. Steppenwolf fight in Snyder Cut. There is like this glimpse of like Superman who is like having fun and smirking, and he's like moving slow and being like, uh uh uh, I'm Superman, kind of like having that sense of joy that the character can bring, and that sense of like, I'm just like a normal guy from Kansas who accidentally became the strongest thing in the universe. And we're going to have some fun with those physics because we're going to give him bigger. It's like the Dragon Ball Z dynamic where, like, you need to have Goku's opponents getting stronger and stronger to not make it so that Goku has to lose his powers all the time. Like, that's the th- – and, sure. and I think Taika Waititi figured this out about Thor, which is like, okay, you can't take away Thor's powers. You just have to keep up being smart enough to think about, like, stronger and stronger things for him to deal with. And Taika Waititi's – version was well obviously depression is the worst thing that this superpowered <laughs> being can have right so like you can do that you can have you can tell those stories um but i just don't think Zack snyder is interested in those stories which i mean i i get it they're complicated no he's interested in myth creation more than anything else which i also think was you know it was a big part of the change to cyborg's character that he was so powerful which i don't think came across in the original cut at all no no, I didn't. Like in the original cut, he was just a robot man, and it was like, okay, yeah. And in this one, it's like, oh, he may actually be more powerful than Superman in certain circumstances. Yeah, they, 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 
Cyborg is complicated in the Snyder Cut because he is more of a character for sure. And he's possibly like the central piece of the movie. But I also don't know if he's like really a character. Like his dad is a character. His dad has like wants and motivations and and is interesting. I think Ray Fisher could become like a really interesting part of that universe. I just think Zack Snyder is kind of more interested in being like, let's make him a Transformer that like does cool shit. Chapter 5. Filming a movie before Avengers Endgame, editing it after. One thing I did find really interesting was the way that it was clearly influenced by movies that were made after it. Like, it felt like a bit of a cheat at times, particularly with Aquaman. Let's talk about, like, the retrospective editing, because that is a really good point, which is... Zack Snyder clearly watched the last like four years of superhero movies and was like, okay, I can do this better or I can do the, my own thing with this. Yeah, exactly. I know. I, yeah. I think Aquaman was the most interesting one where there was weird specific things with it that he just retconned. So the one being that, you know, how they talk in his version, they basically talk like whales underwater. Whereas in the other versions, they just talk. Yeah. So it suggests that all through Aquaman, whenever we've been hearing human voices, they've actually been, being doing whale noises which which is is quite funny yeah okay sure there's yeah there's also a sequence in there where he talks to william defoe's character and william defoe's character is explaining basically the plot of aquaman to him or what the plot of aquaman will be will be yeah it's like i think that you i feel like you added this because there's also the entire issue of the last hour of the movie where it seems like Zack snyder is trying to keep the snyder cut movement going and i think as much as I thought it was cool and I love the Joker and I love the nightmare stuff and I want to see more of that because it's like cool and weird, I think it's really irresponsible. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I assume you've seen the movie or at least you're familiar with the movie if you're listening to this. But if, you're, if you haven't, the movie ends and then there's an epilogue. And the epilogue basically is Zack Snyder setting up the entire roadmap of what he would want to do with a Snyder-led DC universe of movies. And it just feels like he did it just to, like, stir the pot. And I don't appreciate that as someone who has to be on Twitter all day. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think that's fair. I, You know, you kind of, it's, 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 it's fascinating because from one perspective, you can see, like, oh, he clearly wants to try again and he wants to be back into this. But he's also a bit... It is also, as you say, it is irresponsible. Yeah, because there are no plans for more Snyder movies. Like D- WB is, or um, yeah, Warner Brothers, they're being pretty like clear about that. That like this is it. It's all over. Yeah, exactly. There's a, there's the other interesting part of this, and I've been thinking a lot about how content, like how modern content, is so shaped by the corporate structures that allow it to exist, in the way that like tick a TikTok is kind of like a form that is created by that platform or an an auto playing silent Facebook video or a YouTuber's vlog. And it's interesting to me that the Snyder cut in many ways is something that can only exist and be experienced properly within HBO max. And as much as there's like this push for a theatrical version, it's interesting to me that it is kind of a movie that can only exist within a streaming universe yeah i mean i do think that's part of it because obviously they were going to release this at one point as six mini episodes uh and it was going to be a mini series which i you know you can you can kind of feel that from the editing uh and and the fact that they kept the chapters there 
Um, but I think the main part of that, you know, it exists in a streaming universe because it is it understands the things that have gone after it and attempts to yeah attempts to re re add them essentially. Right. It's it is not a TV show. It is not really a movie. It is sort of continuing this trend that you and I noticed with Endgame, which is that Endgame really Avengers Endgame isn't a movie. It's the culmination of a cinematic universe and just like paying off all of those little things that you wanted for, you know, 10 years. Whereas Snyder cut, the Snyder cut is, it is something that can only really be properly experienced within a proprietary streaming service. And that is a weird thing. That is, that is a new kind of thing. One of the weird thing about this movie that I feel like we need to talk about is Martian Manhunter. (laughs) Oh yeah. We should probably talk about that. There are bits of this movie that are very clearly Zack Snyder trying to set up, you know, him coming back. And there are bits of this movie where I'm like, you know, there are some things you can leave, you can edit out. Also, if you're going to give us a character, a little cameo, why do Martian Manhunter and why not just give us, just give us Green Lantern, man? All we want well, is it was Green Lantern. To be Green, it was supposed to be Green Lantern. Was it? Yeah, no, originally it was supposed to be Green Lantern and the, the uh, Warner Brothers didn't like the idea of him introducing... Uh, the the version of Green Lantern he was going to use, I can't remember which one. Hal Jordan, and, probably. No, it wasn't Hal Jordan. It was. Uh, it was John Stewart. Oh uh, well, okay. Well, that would explain. Yeah. So if yeah. you don't know, John Stewart is the Black Green Lantern. Hal Jordan is one of the White Green Lanterns. So that would that would yeah okay. That's that's a huge bummer because yeah. Green Lantern is super fun. Well, they said that they have plans for the 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 character that specific John Stewart character to appear elsewhere. Okay. Well, uh, so they didn't want him to be in that one, but it also meant that uh, there was the weird effect and that I, I read that Martian Manhunter who plays the, yeah, I guess plays is appears as a bu- much bunch of different characters, including the general who's been in a bunch of different movies. Uh, but a, the guy who played that general did not know that he was in fact Martian Manhunter until he saw the justice, the Zack Snyder cut of this. But doesn't, who voiced the line that says, some call me Martian Manhunter? That's a different person. Oh, that's so wild. So, yeah. Okay. That's insane to me. <laughs> yes, it is. So, I feel like the Snyder Cut's kind of breaking my brain a bit. Because it, it I, I don't know what it is. And I don't know what it's trying to do. And I don't, like, I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. I had a great time. I probably won't ever watch it again. But maybe, who knows. But, Zack Snyder, like, I want to sit down with him and just be like, please explain to me what you're trying to do. Like, what do you, what are you trying to accomplish with this movie? Like, what is it? What is it? What is it? <laughs> what is it? <laughs> what, what is this thing? What am I looking at? It is, an, it is an impossible thing. It is a really strange thing to exist. But they figured, yeah, they could drop $70 million on remaking it. Which, this is a movie they've essentially made three times now because they did the original Zack Snyder thing. Then Joss Whedon got involved and, and apparently restaged a bunch of the scenes. So, like, he needed an extra, you know, 30 seconds of footage in a thing. So he just went back and recreated, this, like, the entire set and then filmed another 30 seconds of stuff on it and then carried on. It's insane. like, that's crazy. It's insane. It's, yeah, it's- and he did that. And then Zack Snyder's then gone and had to do reshoots again. So it's like, yeah, they've made this movie three times. And, like, I really enjoyed this movie. I don't really think it's a good movie. No. It's like a very good example of this one specific type of of a, a take on a superhero. But it's like a 
six or seven out of ten. It's fine. Yeah, I guess what what makes me confused and 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 frustrated, but also excited, is that someone is going to do this sort of thing better. And I don't know how it's going to happen, and I don't know who it's going to be or like what it will be. But someone is going to successfully blur the lines between a streaming services TV show season and a bloated movie, and they're going to successfully create something that's in between. And the, and the Justice League, I think, will be looked back on, the Snyder Cut will be looked back on as this moment where the one season that you binge of a TV show on a streaming service and a giant epic movie you watch in a movie theater finally connected and created a new form of of something. And I don't know what – and, and Endgame was was sort of a step in that direction as well. And you could argue the Marvel Universe is also an extension of this where it's like an entire franchise you have to consume to enjoy one bloated movie. But the Justice League is is this weirder thing where it is an episodic movie told in chapters that isn't a TV show that also needs two or three other movies to understand. And it is breaking my brain <laughs> to think about it. Yeah, I don't really know where you go from this. I don't know what your next move is. Oh, I don't know I, how you I know what it is. Like, I don't know how you bring the universe back to be, to be blunt. I I know what the next thing. I know who's going to who's going to figure this out. It's going to be Avatar 2. It's going to be James Cameron's Avatar <laughs> sequel. That's it's possible. But yeah, I mean where do you, where do you go for where do you go from here if you're the DCEU? What which which one of these are you accepting as canon? I I straight up have no idea. I don't know what you would even do as a DC fan. Like, like I guess you're just gonna watch Batman movies. You're gonna watch Flash movies, but it's just gonna be this disjointed mess. And I think it's like okay, I guess like if that's what you want to do. But yeah, I don't. It frustrates me to think about it. It does. It does. Typically here at this point in the show, we would do content you consume to stay sane. Epilogue content you consume to stay sane luke did you consume any content this week to stay sane that wasn't i i have some Zack snyder linked content do you yes i listened to the podcast chameleon and what's that uh it is a podcast about uh, a series of cons that take place or a series of cons that take place in the in indonesia uh where basically someone believed to be a woman is at the other end of this um phone line emails and is basically talking to not uh like stars of hollywood not like people who are particularly famous but you know like stuntmen and personal trainers and makeup artists and stuff and persuading them to pay for their own flights out to indonesia um then basically what specific put it um then they give like a driver like two thousand dollars to like take them around as like going around money, and then it turns out that the thing whole thing's not real, and they all go and they all like go back having lost some money. But it's a really ornate con to lose like just like to gain like only two thousand dollars from it. Um, and then as the con like scales up, uh, one of the things that this scammer does is um, use the persona of various famous women around Hollywood and various famous producers around Hollywood, including Deb Snyder. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. That's a that's a that sounds great. Wow, it is good. It's it's really really good and has a bunch of surprising endings which I have not spoiled here. So I recommend you go listen to it. Wow, that's great. How about you? What content have you consumed to stay sane? Uh, four hours of the Snyder Cut. Four hours of the Snyder Cut. 
Falcon and Winter Soldier, which Falcon and Winter Soldier, yes. I I don't want to double up our superhero content, but I'll say it's good. I liked it. Excited to see more. Um, and I'm I'm sort of reaching a content point where. At night now, I just go to bed like early instead of consuming content because I think I'm <laughs> overloaded. I think I I think the Snyder Cut like blew out a muscle in my brain and I need to like rest and relax because I just it was too much content for me. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, consuming that and then reading about it and then going on YouTube and watching stuff about it and just I'm I'm contented out. I think I've I finally happened. It took a year. I finally did it. <laughs> Man, it's because the pandemic's over and we can do other things now. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys for listening to the content minds this has been a really exciting journey uh to go on um i did not realize that we when we started marathoning dc movies that it would happen this fast and we would get to the snyder cut but we did it we did the whole thing um if you would like to go on that journey with us as i said you can go to patreon.com slash the content minds all of those episodes are free and unlocked for you for the next uh, couple days and then I'll lock them back up because, you know, we got to we got to put the good stuff behind the paywall. You know, you got to give us some money here. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I hope you enjoy it. And um, next week we'll be doing uh, our next installment of our movie club, which is Fast and Furious, the fourth Fast and the Furious movie, which should be very exciting. I don't think I've ever seen it. Really? I don't think so. Huh, I have okay, no memories. I have no memories of it. I could not tell you one thing about it. So either I saw it and I completely blinked it from my memory, or I just never saw it. I'm sure you've seen it. I I thought I would have too, but I I have no memories of it. It's one of those ones which I kind of have the same. I think I have the same a, a, like take on you with it, where it's kind of like, yeah, no, I don't think I've I don't think I've seen this. And then every time I watch it, I'm like, oh yeah, no, this one I do remember this. I'm one. kind of preparing myself for that moment, but I really could not tell you gun to my head right now anything about it. So if you want to go on, if you want to if you want to uh, check that out please do. I've also changed uh the tier systems for our Patreon now. So if you would like to subscribe for a year, you will get a discount. I think it's like 17% or something. I do yearly um discounts for subscri- subscribers for my newsletter. I think it's like a much better system. I've become very uncomfortable with the idea of people paying us monthly. I feel like we have to like live up to this idea every month and it like sort of drives me insane. Um, so if you would like to just drop a couple bucks at the beginning of a year and not have to worry about it, um, that would solve my anxiety issues probably. <laughs> or at least it would help. I don't know. Any last any last thoughts? I don't know why they made Amber Heard British in this. I don't know what that was about. <laughs> She's not British in the other movie, which is really weird. No, it's bizarre that they decided. I, I don't know if that was a decision, if that was a conscious thing, if like they changed their minds for the other Aquaman. But it was. I was just like, is she, is she doing a bad British accent here? Oh, I did forget. I loved the Amazon scene. It was a lot better. It was so long and crazy, but I loved it. It did. It did also the kind of reveal the yeah, there are holes in this from you just don't have the footage because it's a shot in it which is a slow-mo shot as lots of stuff happens and it looks like that one scene from that one Kanye West video um, where there's just a thousand things moving in, in sort of an artistic background. But the the particular shot has someone in the foreground turning to run out of a room and just essentially, essentially just runs in a circle. And I was like, I think that you need to get her out of that room in this re-edit and you didn't have the shot. Uh-huh. And you so instead just have someone running in a circle. Yeah. yeah. I feel like for the next several weeks... Like, we're just going to start thinking of weird things about the Snyder Cut. And, like, <laughs> our listeners are just going to have to deal with it. Because it's... It was really long. It was really long. There's a lot in it. It's too much movie. It's just too much movie. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, thanks again, guys. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks. Cheers.